And a very good Friday morning to one and all. This is Seamus Duke. It's a very special good morning, Roscommon. Today on Ross FM, we are celebrating and raising awareness for the International Day for People with Disabilities. And we have four hours of programming dedicated to that on this station today. Now, I'm going to take you through until 10am. We have a number of interesting interviews uh, with Amanda Scanlon, Social Inclusion Officer at Roscommon County Council. We'll be talking to Jackie McCormack from Roscommon Special Olympics. And we'll be talking to the Minister, Anne Rabbit, Minister for uh, Disabilities. And that's uh, what we'll have between now and 10 o'clock. Then between 10 and 11, a very special note to self with Adam O'Dwyer. We'll be talking to, uh, among others, uh, disability advocate Gary Carney and uh, Margaret McHugh. And then between two and four later on today, Margaret McHugh will bring you through two hours of programmes, interesting interviews uh, and personalities as well. And you know something? We'll play a little bit of Christmas music and other music too. So it's going to be a great day. We're very proud of what we've done here uh, at Ross FM and we want you to enjoy the programmes between now and later on today. If you want to contact the station, anything you want to say to us, 0838 is a WhatsApp number. Or if you want to email the studio at studio at rossfm.ie and our landline is 0906628161. Thanks a million for joining us, folks. It's International Day for people with disabilities. Yes, indeed. Uh, you're welcome to the programme, folks. Four minutes past nine. Uh, lots of interesting stuff today. Uh, and uh, we have a very interesting interviews. Now, my next guest uh, on this very special programme, uh, the International Day for People with Disabilities, uh, is a lady whose voice is well known uh, to listeners of Ross FM, Jackie McCormack of uh, Roscommon Special Olympics. Jackie, great to talk to you again. Hi, Seamus. How are you? Listen to me. Tell me what the Special Olympics Roscommon do. What do we do? So we try to be as inclusive as possible. We have a great bunch of athletes. Uh, When things are normal, when we're not in COVID times, we have a range of sports um, and activities going on. So just very briefly, we have our bowling on a Tuesday night. We have swimming on a Thursday night. Um, when we were in socially distant times, we had a great evening's activity on a Friday night up at Roscommon Community Sports Park. Mm. And as always, I'm indebted to them for the use of the facilities. Um, and then during the year, we'd have little different things. We'd have, you know, maybe tea parties, um, Christmas parties. Really, we don't need a reason. We're, we're open to yes. parties of any sort yeah, at any yeah. time. Um, it's just basically a way of getting people together. Uh, recognising ability more than disability, uh, recognising the person, um, yeah. making sure that they can um, uh, social. Not so, sorry, making sure that they can meet each other, you know, and have a coffee or whatever. We just, it's just an in, um, an inclusion uh, group. Yes. Um, we like to think we're fairly proactive in Roscommon, which we are. We're very lucky. We have a fantastic bunch of athletes that right. we work with. And tell me um, this, uh, what's the, uh, you know, do you have a radius uh, or a catchment area or what's the story there? 
For us, well, most of our members now would be uh, fairly near to Roscommon Town, but you don't have to be living in Roscommon Town. You can, wherever you live, you're welcome. Um, right. I, we go, we have um, some athletes from down Tunst direction. Mostly, right. though, in fairness, it's it's the the general Roscommon Town and yeah and, and surrounds that we have right. coming to. Us. And how many do you cater for? We have about sixty in our group in total. Now, you possibly wouldn't see 60 together. Um, bowling, we'd have an average of 40 at our bowling um, on a Tuesday night. Um, and swimming, much the same. We'd have a mixture in our swimming group of children and older athletes. Um, but we cater from four or five up to yeah. 100. Right. OK. And uh, have you enough help? Says you, you never have enough help. We'll never have enough help. I suppose when Special Olympics started and it was common... Um, Maura Allen uh, yes. and then myself uh, were, were around at the beginning. Um, our swimming coach, Mary Kane, is there for a good number of years. And Bob McCormick, my husband, yeah. we were really the, the four that were, that were slogging along with it for a long number of years. But to, to be honest, in recent, in the last year or so, we have been so lucky. We've got four new volunteers. One of them, our soccer coach, Olympia, is actually from Romania and she's oh, a, a qualified PE teacher and we are so blessed to have her. She has huge uh, soccer skills and has no problem imparting that knowledge to our athletes and they love her. Um, we're, re- we're really blessed with her. Um, we have um, new ladies joining us this year. We have a lady called Ash Galway. Uh, we have Anne Gilleran from Cleveland and we have Ursula Kenny from uh, Bally League. So... With the help of those three yeah. ladies, we have uh, nearly doubled our athlete, our sorry, our volunteer uh, yes. fold. Yeah. So we're, yeah, now we're always on the lookout for new volunteers and new activities. And if somebody is listening to this and they have an idea for an activity, um, we're very lucky. As I, as I keep, or might want to help we, out. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, we we are very lucky. And as I said, I keep mentioning the facility, but the community sports park in Lismore has been a huge asset to us. They've literally opened their arms to us and. Uh, given us the use of the building so we have that building now for any event that you know if there's somebody listens to this and they there's something that they do that they might think that some of our athletes might enjoy just come and let us know yeah. and we'll try and organize it you know a taster event and, and take it from there and see what happens just as i, I as i'm talking i'm thinking recently we had uh, Garda Ronan O'Mara into us from his common guard station and he gave an excellent talk on how to be safe during the winter so right. you know it's not just sports that we cater for we cater for the holistic end of things as sure. well so we take you know it's, it's a bit of everything whatever we can do to make life um, easier and for a person with a disability that's what we're looking at Alright and uh, of course everything nowadays uh, is dependent on funding how are you funded? This <laughs> is your good how question that's a very good question. Yeah. The one thing Local donations, I presume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The one thing more and, and ourselves, don't worry about the funding. Money will come from somewhere. Now, we have yes. no money, but money will come from somewhere. Um, the Common Sports Partnership are good to us, and um, we have benefited from the Common Community Challenge um, that yes. ran in January. Yeah, yeah. Um, we get a few pounds from them, so you know, um, an, an odd voluntary. And if you need us, it'll 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 come. It'll come, yeah. I never worry about money. Right. Organise it and let the people come to it, and you know, have the have the the the, the event or whatever yes. it is. Money will come from somewhere. Now we're always on the lookout for money. If yes. anyone listening would like to make a donation towards it, but um, yeah, I wouldn't. It would be the least of my worries now. Has COVID affected your activities a lot? 
Hugely, yeah, hugely. We were just back up and running at bowling and making a great um, effort at uh, that, yeah. Effort yeah. at it, yeah. And then about two weeks ago, we had to pull it again because the numbers just got too scary. So now we're back on Zoom. Uh, we have good old crack on Zoom. So we have a scavenger hunt on us next Friday, next Saturday night. And the following Saturday night, we're going to do a cooking online uh, demo with the guys. Um, right. I don't know what we're cooking yet, but it'll right. be interesting. We've never we've never done that before, so it's a, a new venture for us. But we'll come up with a recipe and get the guys to cook it. We'll all cook it together. And so, what's, um, uh, yeah, that sounds great. And uh, those yeah. things are coming up to Christmas. What's the future? Do you think oh, we'll all be hoping that uh, this COVID thing dies down and we can get back to normal? Yeah, what's the future? That's a very good question, James. I'm hoping that. You know, early January we can get back together again. Yeah, we're nearly all vaccinated. I think all of our group are vaccinated. Yeah, all, I, I don't think I know all yeah. of our group are vaccinated, and with face masks and social distancing, um, it's just yeah. very hard. It's very difficult, and and very it's harder on somebody that has an intellectual disability to try and understand. Uh, what's going on but yeah. to be fair to our guys they've made a really good stab at it um, they, they, they do understand the need for um, personal responsibility I suppose and um, they aren't they're, they're brilliant they're, they are trying their best to, yeah, to get around it but it is hard it is hard and before we go I cannot uh, interview you this week without mentioning the award and uh, yourself and Maura Allen received an award this week Volunteers of the Year uh, and uh, fantastic, brilliant stuff and well or uh, well deserved. So well done. Oh, thank you. Thank I know you. you're not in it uh, for awards, but uh, no, at the same time, it's nice to be yeah. recognised. It is, and we were really, really honoured. But as I said yesterday, we wouldn't be the volunteers that we are if we didn't have the group of athletes that we have and their families that we've worked with for the last twenty years. If we didn't have have, have uh, the caliber of athlete that we have. Mm. Um, we wouldn't be volunteers or we wouldn't be good volunteers so you know really this is for the members of the Common Special Olympics the athletes that turn up every week at their events or whatever. it doesn't matter what we organise mm. they'll always come on board with us um, and we have great old crack and at the end of the day that's all that matters Special Olympics to me it's like a drug um, you just can't there's no I, I don't, obviously yes. I don't do drugs but I imagine um, it never gets the same high um, yes from Antonez, or I wouldn't yeah, anyway from yeah, Antonez and what it. I get from Session Olympics. I love it. Yeah, I love it. All right, uh, Jackie, it's a pleasure to talk to you as usual. Thank you very much for joining us on International Day for Dis- uh, People with Disabilities. Uh, congratulations on the work that you do and on behalf uh, of ourselves. Well done and to everybody Thank in you. Special Olympics in Roscommon and continued success with you and thanks for talking to me today. Thanks a million, Seamus. 94.6. This is Ross FM. Now, you're welcome back to the programme, folks. It's 17 minutes before 10 o'clock. We have special programming today, four hours of special programming uh, to raise awareness and to celebrate and to mark uh, the International Day for People with Disabilities. Now, next guest on the programme this morning uh, is the Minister with Responsibility for People with Disabilities, I spoke to her yesterday. She's Anne Rabbit, uh, and she was delighted to take part in this particular day of programming on Ross FM. My next guest, uh, as part of this uh, special series of programs uh, for International uh, Day of uh, uh, 
uh, to raise awareness for people with disabilities. Uh, I'm delighted to welcome uh, the Minister, uh, Anne Rabbit, uh, the Minister at uh, the Department of Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and uh, Youth as well. And thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you very much for having me. Look, at, uh, you know, it's a day where we'll be raising awareness. We probably shouldn't need a day to raise awareness at the moment. But anyway, it's there and we're making uh, progress in the quest for equality. H- how far along the line do you think we are? We have definitely uh, improved things in, in, in recent years. Uh, there's no doubt that we have improved things in recent years. Um, but when you are actually having, you know, when you, when you still have days like this where you're yeah. still trying to create awareness, you then you still know that we haven't hit the pitch where everything is equal. And, and we have to be honest about that. It's not, but we're making strides on it. Uh, and we're, we're, government and policy are shaping that way. And I suppose, really, um, the decision support services, the, the, the bills and the legislation is going through the House. Um, but most importantly, you know you will really have got there when the, the enacting of the UN optional protocol. Yeah, I was just going to mention that. That's, uh, wh- when will that uh, come into being? Well, what myself and Minister O'Gorman are very committed to this, and it is in the programme for government, okay? But there's a few steps that need to go and stay ahead of it, okay? Mm. And I talk about the decision support services. Um, but while that is going on, we at Parallel are going out, going out to all the departments and auditing them to ensure that they are ready um, next June. That's where we're ambitious to be looking at. From June on next year, we'd be looking to, to, to do things like that. Has the pandemic t- increased or slowed down the amount of problems associated with disability in terms of, you know, in general uh, for people with disabilities? Um, the pandemic has thrown up a number of things um, with the, um, for people with disabilities. And I suppose really... Well, they can't meet anyway, or, or, exactly. or they, you know, yeah, groups. The, the, the normal routine of people with intellectual disabilities attending their day services, that has been upended completely, okay? And people trying to access respite has changed as well. They're not getting the same amount of access to respite as as they would. There's no denying that whatsoever. And I suppose then we had, um, last year when the schools closed down, we saw what upset and turmoil that brought to special schools, special classes, and children with additional needs. And and we also seen with the rollout of therapy services, all of that has been stalled. Waiting lists have got longer, and there's a serious acknowledgement within all of that, and we're trying to address it, okay? In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a lot of staff under a lot of pressure, and a lot of families under an awful lot of strain, and anxieties running at an all-time high. Yeah. Not a lot the positives, can do, yeah, not a lot can do about that at the minute, no. But there is positives. Yeah. And the positive is how technology came into the lives of people with disabilities. That's right. And how they started to use, how they started to engage, and what world it did open for them. Okay, uh, and I and I always talk about the the, the woman I met down in Clannacilty as member of the Irish Wheelchair Association, and she was talking to me over Zoom, and she told me about um, learning to play bridge for the first time, oh, and now she played bridge three times a week, and she was doing it online. So, and that's also it opened it up for children. It also opened it up for us from e-learning and e-health of delivering services. 
Okay, so mm. perhaps you don't need to do the hour round trip to get to see your therapist. Perhaps you can do it um, down the Zoom link and it can be equally as effective in some cases. Yeah. Not in all, but in some cases. So we're expla- exploring all of that as well um, to, take the, the, to take our learning from COVID. Like we do know services were not great before COVID and they certainly weren't good during it. And we need to bring them out of it mm. in a better shape from whatever we can do. And that's we are working on. But we also need to the positives that we don't need to look at bricks and mortars and say that people have to um, go there and stay there and have no interaction with the rest of the outside world on a daily basis. Um, and I think yeah. that is the one thing that we took from COVID was the, the, the various way of we've delivered day services. And we need to listen to the, to the person attending. It has right. to be all about a person-centred approach. That's right. That's right. Apart from the UN protocol, which you mentioned, uh, what are the main initiatives? Where is the main trust of government policy at the moment in the area of disability? Um, I suppose the Comprehensive Employment Strategy is one of them, yes. um, headed up by Fergus Flinley. And, and I suppose, really, we have to be, be very honest about where we are with having persons with disabilities employed, um, be it in public or private, and we are shamefully so low, 3%. Right. And that has to be addressed. And we, I have been working with and met with IBEC, the heads of IBEC. I'm working with Minister McGrath on it. I'm working with, working with the Open Doors Initiative and with Fergus Finley. Um, to actually create that whole pathway into employment. And that, that step into employment starts back as far as tra- transition year, yes. where we need to support people, we need to identify, we need to actually look at education, we need to look at how we can make transport as a big part of accessing yes. employment. And you and I, being from the west of Ireland, totally get the role that transport Sorry. plays in all of this. But we need to create a sustainable management pathway for young people on the School Leavers Programme, but also for other people that perhaps have acquired a disability and are trying to reinvent themselves again to support them back into either education um, through getting to know mm. what their needs are and working with employers to have their relative accommodation put in place. One of the real positive pieces I've seen is the, the, the hubs around yes. the country. Yes, there were. What I would like to see, and we're we're working with the Thornishers office on this, is ensuring that we create spaces that have proper accessible accommodation within them, um, also identifying the the sensory needs of individuals that would want to access it, uh, and making it an inclusive space that it it just doesn't have to be able bodied people, but it can be persons of all abilities that can actually access our digital hubs. And that's a real positive out of COVID, working and living Mm. closer to home. So we need to do that as well. And and that, to me, is a game changer. I think, really, COVID in employment broke down a lot of barriers because people were hiring down the line. They didn't judge you as to how you looked or what you had. And they judged you on your ability to do the job. And and I think we need more of um, that progress to be rolled out. We have great employers um, that want to get involved. All right, one more question for me. Um, carers are uh, always so important in our society and particularly in uh, the area of disability. Uh, you know, the plight of carers will always have to be a, a priority. And, uh, uh, I mean, uh, we know the situation. Uh, you try and keep people in their own homes. You try and look after them the best way that you can. Absolutely. And without the carers, um, 
we would have had uh, we would have been in a very very poor space and we do acknowledge the work that carers do and I suppose really to be fair there is a whole cost of disability there um, that, that, that a carer and their family carry a huge burden and uh, only yesterday I met with Minister Humphreys in relation to the report that she has um, done with the cost of disability yeah. and um, that is going to be published now and it is going to come um, before the NDIS in December so that pub that pub that piece of work um, is going to get to see the light of day and we're going to put a complete focus on the cost of disability. Right. Uh, so equality is where it's at and on this particular day that the interview is going out which is uh, Friday the 3rd of December uh, it's a day to dress up in purple to uh, raise awareness uh, and uh, to make sure that people with disabilities are f- uh, fully taking part in our societies and that's it. That's exactly it and I think it's it's a wide lens that we need to have on disability and equality, that we talk about intellectual disability, we talk about physical disability, we talk an acquired disability and we talk about a sensory disability and it's acknowledging um, everybody in that whole community, not just the person with the disability but the families and the carers as well. Okay, Minister, uh, thank you very much for taking part in our initiative today and uh, continued success to you and thank you very much of uh, persons with disabilities. Uh, Coming up after 10 o'clock, we will have a very special note to self with Adam O'Dwyer uh, and he has a couple of mighty interviews in there, uh, I can tell you folks. So uh, from me, Seamus Duke, for the moment, uh, we're going to, as the fellow says, take our leave from Good Morning Roscom and hope you enjoyed the programme. Thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll talk to you later. Stay tuned for Adam O'Dwyer. And uh, then later on, between two and four, it's Margaret McHugh uh, with two hours uh, to mark uh, that special day today. So don't forget, wear purple and include, don't exclude. Bye-bye.